بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد That which we're told to do on a regular basis and incorporate in our life which is to have a certain number of adhkar and remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether that be the istighfar the salawat on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam portion of the Quran that we read and the muraqabah that people do etc etc whatever is a kind of a daily routine for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that a person has to regularly do the name of it of doing that is generally termed as a wird a wird so in Arabic it's generally termed as wird wird to understand where this is coming from because traditionally that's been the word that's been used in Arabic for this term uh, other terms used are ma'mulat things that you do literally that that's what it means daily regimen daily practices so mashayikh have given aside from the fara'id the salawat the salat and the uh, the salat uh, in terms of ritual prayer our namaz that we do and the other obligatory actions, those are sharia, they, they, they have to be done. Those are across the board, every believer has to do just to stay a decent believer. Those are absolutely necessary. They're not negotiable at all in any sense of it. You can't miss them. If they're missed, they have to be remade, they have to be redone. Beyond that, different mashaykh, the different scholars, they give different regimens different awrads awrad is the plural of wird they give different awrad and the purpose of these awrad is to give an additional something generally awrad are fixed and determined by the time and demands uh, of a society community or a particular context so although they're very powerful and they can work across the board in many many different areas Awrad are generally something that may come about through how, how are awrad determined as to what to read and out of all of the hundreds and thousands of things that could be chosen to be read. If you look at books like Kitab al-Athkar of Imam Nawi and many many others, you've got literally thousands of du'as, prophetic du'as. You've got many many du'as in the Qur'an. You have many many different types of adhkar etc if you just look at what's available in the quran the sunnah as the our primary sources so what what is it then that of course a person can't do all of these things it's uh, very difficult for a person to incorporate all the adhkar to read the whole of all the prophetic adhkar and the prophetic duas and prayers every day of the week it'd be very very difficult so a choice has to be made, a selection, a selection has to be made as to what a person does. And that's where these awrad come in from different mashayikh. How are they chosen? How are they selected from the thousands of awrad that are out there in our sharia? They're chosen based on personal experiences. They're chosen on ilham, generally, divine intuition from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why is it that a person would choose those afkar in the first place and find them beneficial? A lot of the time you go to mashaykh and you say something or whatever, you 
ask for something and they say, okay, read this this many times. Read this this many times. Sometimes those things are not even mentioned directly in the Quran or in the Sunnah for that particular purpose necessarily. They are the words may be from the Quran Sunnah, but they're not necessarily mentioned for that purpose. And the reason for that is the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are powerful. And sometimes, like medicine, as the Prophet said that for every medicine, there's a cure. For every medicine, there's a cure. Some we know about yet and others we'll, we'll discover later. Right? Or we're still trying to discover. So again, this is a form of medicine. It's actually, rather than medicine, medicine is of two types. Medicine, one is that attacks a problem that we already have, symptoms that we're already showing. It's something that tries to deal with that, tries to rectify the body, tries to attack the exact issue and tries to repel that. However, aside from that, what else is given are generally fortification methods. For a person to get their energy back, for a person to build their immune system. So they tell you, okay, take these vitamins, take these supplements. That's not medicine, it's not attacking the root of the problem. Well, it is, but it's not trying to cure your problem. It's trying to give your body strength to deal with problems. Generally, that's what happens. So I generally see awrad as that fortification method but powerful enough to eventually give you enough resistance to fight off the disease. And of course, there will be some measures that have to be taken to deal with the disease directly as well. And the wonderful thing about the, the human heart is that there's always a possibility of sp rectifying it spiritually. The physical heart sometimes is damaged beyond, um, beyond uh, recovery beyond repair heart transplants are needed in some cases but when it comes to the human heart it doesn't matter how evil a person is because the disease of the human heart is essentially translated into the evil of a human being how bad a person becomes and the most famous and probably most oft quoted hadith with regards to Tawbah is the one who killed 99 people and then he killed another one as well mass murderer serial murderer but he gets tawfiq and he gets to change. So the heart is an extremely powerful organ in that sense. And that's probably why we can't exactly locate it, the spiritual heart in the sense that we can't feed it, it's intangible in that sense. Because it's beyond any kind of permanent attack. Yes, it can be extremely affected by harams and wrongs that a person does, no doubt about that. But it can also be corrected that way as well, as extreme as it may become in evil. And that is how great it can become otherwise it can be the biggest shaitan otherwise it can become the heart of the biggest wali of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's why you have people who are notoriously known for their evil notoriously known for their criminal activities like fudail ibn iyad well known for that people were frightened of them of their evil and obviously that came from their heart nobody was forcing them to do it it was a personal persuasion that made them the highwaymen that they were and the robbers that they were. But at the same time, it's the heart's persuasion that made them the good people that they were as well. 
So it shows that this heart is, can be in this limbo and has this great flexibility, which is very good news for us because it goes to show that it's something that we can definitely work on and we can definitely get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and hence the Quran is filled, the Quran is filled with increasing your Iman. The Quran is filled with getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking forgiveness, which in all shows that there's always has to be hope for that, those verses to be true, those verses to deliver on the promise that they do, that they have to be true, and which means that the heart has to be malleable and has to be conducive for that. The heart has to go along with that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows better than anybody else. And that's why Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma innul qulub. It's with the the remembrance of Allah that the hearts find tranquility. So once we understand that, the fortification of the heart, the strength of the heart needs to be constantly kept up. And in the life that we live in, the days that we live in, and in the places that we spend our time and what's available to us, uh, what we have to deal with, what we're challenged by on a day-to-day -day basis, willingly, unwillingly. Right? All of this has to be used, or all of this has to be dealt with and generally when you go for Hajj it's recommended that you take some vitamins because you'll be in a stress situation you'll be in a situation where your sleeping patterns will be different you'll be moving from one place to the other you'll be out of your comfort zone you'll be dealing with a lot of, lot of uh, uh, abundant amount of challenges so it's a good idea to take some vitamins and some supplements of that nature to at least allow your body to continue uh, in, in this state. So likewise here as well, we have these issues. If a person doesn't have awrad in this time and age, then they're going to suffer. They're going to suffer because they won't have the fortification to deal with the problems and the challenges. That's why these awrad are so important. They've always been important. They've always been important across the board in whatever culture a person lived in. But we know what our culture offers us. We know the challenges that we're faced with. So clearly our awrad have to be as strong as that. And without awrad, we can't do much. That is what stripped away the pleasure of our salat. Otherwise the salat should have been sufficient. The salat should have been, uh, should have been sufficient. But how much can we make our salat? We just about make our daily prayers. The awrad in the salat would be then to make another hundred nawafil at night. To make long tahajjud prayers at night. That would be the awrad. But if we can't do that, then it means that our normal prayer isn't having the effect that it should do. That's why we're trying to provide a bit of... The mashayikh are trying to provide a bit of variety. To give some adhkar that are easier than having to stand in prayer. Something new, something maybe easier, something you don't have to move around for, something you don't need wudu for, something you don't have to necessarily face the qibla for, something you don't have to be in a state of purity for, something you can do sitting down in different places. So that's the whole idea is to get an anwa, is to get this uh, different variety and then especially selected awrad. So now you can understand that without awrad we are dead ducks in this, in, in this time and age or any time for that matter. So, awrad is essentially this, a selection of supplements, religious supplements, prophetic supplements, just to keep us going.
that's that's what they are and any day that we miss our supplement you know that you're going to have a weakness and the more that we miss it the more the weakness will persist and increase and then after that you'll have to do that much more to get it back sometimes a person has become totally ingrained with a problem in doing it for years didn't know any better or couldn't resist or whatever the case may be bad habits with un- inculcated they're going to take long it could be the tawfiq of Allah that overnight you drop but because they become so part and parcel of ours, of ourselves sometimes it's going to take some time sometimes so person number one must never feel despondent because the awrad are definitely having some other benefit at least we're not getting worse Allah has prevented us from getting worse that is only there's only certain things that we can't help doing but at least other things we feel closer to Allah we're doing other things we're doing other benefits at least they could be that if a person is doing his awrad and nothing is changing for him like nothing absolutely nothing doesn't feel any improvement whatsoever then there has to be some fundamental flaw in what he's doing or some other situation or maybe the sin is so bad that it is more intense and worse and it's neutralizing all the all the benefits but the name of Allah is powerful it definitely needs to have some benefit there's no doubt about that so just to get to the bottom of the the whole concept of wird wird in Arabic it's an Arabic term wird in Arabic means a source of water water is the essential of life so it's a source of essential an essential element al-wird a shirb shirb means the place to drink from the elixir of life that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَبِئْسَ الْوِرْدُ الْمَوْرُودِ it could be a bad place to drink if it's the bad source so I said what a bad place of nourishment for them بِئْسَ الْوِرْدُ الْمَوْرُودِ in terms of uh, to technically understand it how the ulama have understood wird and how they've used this term is <clears throat> You don't generally see this term being used in hadith for that. Right? You don't generally use this. Um, although the Prophet gave many awrad, but you don't generally use, uh, see this term being used like that. So essentially, it's anything that a human being uh, puts in regular motion for himself. Or that a sheikh will give to his students. In terms of athkar and ibadat. Okay, you must do 10 extra nawafil. You must sit down and do this much muraqabah. You must do this type of muraqaba. You must read a portion of this book of du'as. Or you must do this du'a this many times. Or you must read La ilaha illallah a hundred times. Or whatever the case may be. So what a person may take for themselves. Or what a shaykh may give to somebody else. Then you have another term which is called warid. Comes from the same roots warid, uh, as wird. Warid. warid means something that comes upon you. Wirid has this idea of going to a source. Whereas Warid, that source coming to you somehow. Right? So Warid. Warid is essentially a state. I mean, literally speaking, Warid is something that comes upon you suddenly. That overcomes one. An experience that besets one. Or something that visits you somehow. <clears throat> or somebody who comes is a Warid. A visitor that comes is a Warid. Wariddin. They're the people who've come to visit you with a purpose. That's literally speaking. 
But again, from a tasawwuf uh, perspective of what warid means, warid is essentially what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides as certain gifts over the course of a person's life. These are gifts. These are special moments he gives to the, uh, he provides to the hearts of the awliya <coughs> by which they suddenly increase in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They suddenly feel an extra source of pleasure. They suddenly, it just rocks them off their feet. They, they experience certain realities that you can't earn for yourself. You can't go and acquire for yourself. They just suddenly come about, wow, that was an amazing feeling I had yesterday. And the person is just lost in this great pleasure of being with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's these little windows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala provides. They're called gifts. مَا يُتْحِفُهُ إِتْحَافُ Itihaf means is to give a gift because tuhfa comes from the word tuhfa means to give a gift. That's what a warid is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can't acquire them. It says, Wala yakunu illa baghtatan. They only happen suddenly. Sometimes they come without without any kind of notification. They just come about. But then the problem is that they don't remain forever. Wala yadumu ala sahibi. They don't remain forever. From my limited understanding this is probably what the sahaba were feeling in the presence of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that was some special opening because of the the blessed presence of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam there that they would feel and then they would lose it when they go outside and that's why the handala felt that he would become a munafiq because he felt this was the state to be in that was the state to be in with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam but as a person if you were in that special state that's such an angelic kind of quality, such a qurb to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that angels would come and salute you. So it's a very special moment that is. Now as special as it seems, it's not something that we are driving for. That's not our target. We're not Abdul Warid, we're Abdullah. We're not the servant of the Warid. As much pleasure as it may give us, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Certain methods within the tasawwuf uh, realm are known to provide you can say a better uh, a, a more kind of instant experience due to the barakah and the Naqshbandis are known for that that you get a certain barakah through it anyway a certain feeling of warmth within that every tariqah has their own perks of this nature but uh, because of the dhikr of the heart and the way of Siddiq radiallahu anhu and that nisbah that we have, it's supposed to be very powerful in that regard. I mentioned last time that a wird is of three different types uh, in, in terms of major categories. Because as I said, every sheikh will give something different as a wird. Every Muslim can have a different wird of his own. So when we say here three different types of awrad, it means depending on different types of individuals of how close they are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because in terms of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we are of three different types one is uh, the people of uh, suluk minasairin those people who are now on the path and they're trying to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala these are the salikin the sairin they're on their journey they haven't reached any particular major stations they're on their journey number two is that of the the zuhad the Zuhad and the Ubad, their whole focus in this life is to abstain from the dunya. It's to just completely dedicate themselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they may have not reached yet 
they have not reached yet. So they're also salikin, but they're doing it in a different sense. So that means the salikin seem to be the category that lives in this world, continues with this world, but tries to remain attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whereas the first category seems to be the ones who want to abandon everything and wants to be focused directly on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which is a very tough way and not necessarily, uh, um, it's a very difficult way. Number three is the word of the Ahlul Wusul, those people who've reached Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and now who are going into the upper levels. Right? So their awrad, the awrad of the mujtahideen, uh, of the ubad and the zuhad, is to their, what is their awrad? Their awrad, their wird, is to remain forever in at all times in different types of worship. 24 hours a day, they're in different types of worship. That's what they've chosen for themselves. You can get, get an idea of this if you read the Imam Ghazali's Bidayatul Hidayah. Where for every moment he, he splits it up, the entire day he divides it from Fajr to sunrise, from sunrise to uh, you know midday, midday, afternoon, afternoon to Asr, after Asr. He's got a word for every moment of the day. So he's clearly experienced that, that, that state and he's explaining what the best is, what the best awrad are for that state. But this entire state of wanting to worship at every moment of the day is the wird in general, is the, is the category of wird. Then within that there will be different awrad that different mashayikh will give you if that's the path they want to take. So in that they do various types of ibadat, sometimes they're doing dhikr, sometimes they're in dua, sometimes they're in salah, sometimes they're fasting. So in Qutul Qulub, Ahya Ulumiddin, he mentions a word for every moment of the day. Now comes to our category, which is the word of the Sa'ideen, the Sa'rikeen, which is to try to... Uh, now, the first category, they don't even have to worry about sins in general because they're so focused on worship. Their sins will be different in terms of uh, ostentation, arrogance and things of that nature. They have to worry about sins as well, of course. But we, because we're not involved in worship all day long, our word is to try to do as much worship within the limited time that we have away from our work and other daily activities. So it's a kind of a partial worship day, in a sense. But, so it's, but the main purpose of this, more importantly than doing extra awrad, more importantly is to stay away from the harams and the wrongs. Because they take away from what we already have, which is not much. You do a lots of worship, you do this much Quran, etc. And then after that, we're messing it up by all of these wrong things that we're doing, by looking at haram or thinking about haram or talking in the wrong way to somebody or with the wrong person or that we're not supposed to speak to. Whatever the case may be, you know, a person may do his awrad, etc. But at work, he doesn't mind flirting a bit with, with uh, you know, a guy flirting with the girls or girls flirting with the guys. They think it's a bit harmless as long as I not do the act itself. You know, so, so different people have different boundaries. You see, in this case, different people have different boundaries. After dealing with a number of cases, what we discover is that there'll be people who will flirt. They still think they're pious that because they're not doing the actual haram act of, uh, you, you know, of uh, uh, what you call it, of zina. So they think it's okay to flirt. And then there's different people who are flirting in different ways. You know, ha having a nice chat, even if it gets definitely into the haram. One is a professional communication that you may have to do in this time and age at work that you have. Right? Professional communication. Which means you speak about your work. Right? 
And unfortunately in this country you may even have to do it with a, you know, you have to do it with a smile. Otherwise people feel offended. You know, you can't look down and do it in many cases. If you can get away with that, you're very lucky. Right? And in France, I think you even have to kiss on the cheek, which is definitely not agreeable, right? That's definitely not acceptable. We don't have as much challenges as the French. The French is a very ajib culture, very antithesis to Islam. And they know that, and that's why they're so against Islam, because they got a big Muslim population. So they don't allow anybody, any school to do prayer until, I mean, until 18. You can't even think about it, right? Whereas here, mashallah, we have all of these opportunities. So anyway, going back to the point, the people have different boundaries and this is where we need to worry about this. Because, you know, okay, we may, you, know, you may have to at least look amicable, uh, 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 presentable, uh, attitude-wise, as well when you're speaking, right? Because otherwise, it just causes an issue. Right? But then that boundary needs to be understood. And that should not be taken as a license and solicitation Oh, give me a high five and then you touch your hands together. That shouldn't be allowed. Those boundaries need to be mentioned. They need to be... Because there's this whole concept of high fives wherever you go. I mean, it's this... Regardless where it is, you know, when you share some kind of success, that's one expression of it. At least it's still not the kiss on the cheek, isn't it? You know, at least. Alhamdulillah. But still, it's just there. So what is the boundary? How does a person know that... I must look in that direction, but must not let it take over my heart. You know, even speaking like this is dangerous. Well, I'm only saying these things and mentioning these boundaries which were shifting from what the mashayikh would have done before us. Because for them to say, you're allowed to look at a woman when you're speaking to her, that's, that would be high blasphemy to start with. But here we've got a slightly different issue. If you can avoid it, you do have to avoid it. This is only where, you know, because I've had so many questions of this nature. One student, poor guy, sitting in a class um, on uh, education or teaching or something like that. And he would not, he was very strict. He was a convert who just looked down. His teacher made a big fuss about it. And eventually they got him out of that class because they said, this is all about education and teaching. And if you can't look at who you're speaking to, you just can't do this class. Do you understand? So sometimes you have to do, and Allah can give us uh, occupations and work, employment, businesses where you don't have to do this, then subhanallah, it's even much better. But not everybody can do that. But you need to know your boundary. Just because you might be able to have a smiling face, I don't say smile, but have a smiling face, right? Doesn't mean that then you can go a bit further and start making jokes that imply certain things. To be nice to somebody and pull out a chair for them is one thing. Done with adab, it will not be taken wrong. But then to do it in a way which has the sexual innuendo, as they call it, right? And it gives the other person an idea that you're flirting with them is a whole two different thing. And the facial expressions, the state of the heart really counts in that. Because if the heart is corrupt, then a person will much easily fall into sin in this case. They won't know their boundaries. And they start slipping, they'll just slip all the way. So this is a very big issue for us because you may be doing your adhkar and your remembrance and everything, you know, getting early up for, for Fajr, Tahajjud and doing all of these things. Then you go to work and then you, this is normal for you. One has to be careful. One has to be very careful because that is more detrimental than actually doing 
a good deed. Because you don't know how much harm, you don't know how many holes we're making. Where all the water we're filling in is all just being drained out. Much faster than you're being able to fill it in. This is just, the, the, the reason for our stagnation is because our holes are bigger than uh, our entry points. Of how much we're doing, we're not filling up enough. And that's why we wonder if you do this much thicker, I don't see the benefit of it. So that's why he says, فَهُوَ الْخُرُوجُ مِنَ الشَّوَاغِلِ وَالشَّوَاغِبِ The word of the salikin of our category is to try to exit and come away from anything that is um, distracting and that is uh, detrimental like that. وَتَرْكُ الْعَلَائِقِ وَالْعَوَائِقِ And to try to cut away and sever all these harmful relationships. Harmful relationships. وَتَطْهِيرُ الْقُلُوبِ مِنَ الْمَسَاوِي وَالْعُيُوبِ And to purify the heart from the evil <coughs> uh, thoughts, uh, uh, traits, uh, akhlaq, uh, character, and other faults and defects in a person. وَتَحْلِيَتُهَا بِالْفَضَائِلِ بَعْدَ تَخْلِيَتِهَا مِنَ الرَّضَائِلِ And then after that to try to uh, inculcate goodness in them and good traits in them after they've been purified. Generally, they always say that to imbibe the heart with praiseworthy character and characteristics and traits after purifying them. That seems to indicate that trying to inculcate good without removing the bad will have a detrimental effect because enmity needs to be out. Hasad needs to be focused on and, and, and removed. Otherwise, it would be very difficult for a person to have the praiseworthy traits of generosity, etc. if they still have hasad in their heart. Because it will prevent it. So we need to, that's why the evil traits need to be focused on first. A person needs to recognize and try to work on them while also then trying to add the good traits. And then he says, وَعِبَادَتُهُمْ ذِكْرٌ وَاحِدٌ Their worship, th- these are all ashgal that they have to do. Their worship is only one though. When you say worship here, we're talking about above your salat and so on, right? So their main purpose in, in their way is to deal with all of these attachments that we have. This is the main purpose. But what is to help, inshallah, is to do these adhkar. And that's why he says that their dhikr, their ibadat is one thing only. That is what ma yu'ayyinu lahu shuyukh. Whatever the shaykh. Whatever the shaykh has prepared for them, has given to them, that's what they should do. لا يزيد عليه They should not increase on that. مع جمع القلب وحضوره مع الرب While he's doing this, this should be done, done with a full focus of the heart and in full presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, what do you think then is the awrad of the people who have reached? What is that state? What is, how is it different? We only understand this to just in case we're expecting to be like that and we're a bit despondent that we're not like that. So this gives us an understanding of that. We've understood what the, the mujtahideen do, the ubad and the zuhad, the abideen and the zahideen, the ascetics. We've understood what the salikeen do. Now this is the wasileen, people who've reached. فَهُوَ إِسْقَاتُ الْهَوَى وَمَحَبَّةُ الْمَوْلَى This is uh, for the nafs to play no part in their life. Very less part in their life. The dominating nafs. They've subdued the nafs completely. Love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their ibadat now is fikrah wa nadra. Oh nadra. Their, their ibadah is just being immersed in good thoughts with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in about taking, uh, looking at things 
and making beautiful positive determinations taking lessons from everything they look around them while all the time being in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَكُلُّ مَنْ أَقَامَهُ مَوْلَاهُ فِي وِرْدٍ فَلْيَلْتَزِمْهُ وَلَا يَتَعَدَّى تَوْرَهُ Anybody who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given tawfiq to do a certain wird, they should continue to do that wird. And they should not try to go beyond that wird. This is where their benefit is. If Allah has chosen this for you, that is, where that is your wird. Do not go and keep searching around because if Allah has given you one source, they, uh, the, the, the Prophet sallallahu has mentioned this about source of income. If Allah has given you a source of income from one place and there's nothing haram and wrong about it, right? Uh, or uh, the alternatives are no better, for example, right? Then don't throw that away to get something else. Yes, if Allah has given you another opportunity that has availed itself, it's definitely yours if you take it, then it's a different issue. But if you're giving up one job because you get a bit bored with it and you don't have another one, then you would be throwing, you would be kicking na'mah in its, you know, in its face. So don't do that. As bad as it may sound, yes, ask Allah for something better or to give you satisfaction. Because you know, there's some people who are unhappy with their jobs. But they don't have another job. So then this would be a problematic. Yes, if you can survive without a job, it's a different story. For however you do. Inheritance or whatever the case may be. Right? So he's saying here that whoever Allah has placed in a particular type of wird, in whichever situation, whether he's Abid, Zahid, Salik or Wasil, he should stay in that state. He should not... Uh, but at the same time, a person must not belittle another person's wird. This is one thing the people of the Sauf need to avoid. They must feel that their tariqah is best for them. The best out there for them. But, subhanallah, we've seen how people from other tariqahs have also benefited. Do you understand? They've also benefited. It's just a match made in heaven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a person must not belittle another tariqah. Must not belittle another, another way. إِذِ الْعَارِفِ لَا يَسْتَحْقِرْ شَيْءٍ The arif never, never belittles anything else. Everybody goes according to his status. The only person that will ask for another wird, despite Allah giving wird, is a jahil, is an, is an ignorant person. That's what he says. إِلَّا جَهُولٌ, جَهُولٌ أَوْ مُعَانِدٌ Except an obstinate person or an ignorant person. Because at the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will enter people into Jannah through His Rahmah. As the hadith mentions, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَقُولْ أُدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةَ بِرَحْمَةِ وَتَقَاسَمُوهَا بِعَمَالِكُمْ Enter Jannah through my Rahmah. Then after that, based on your actions, you can get different statuses in Jannah. There's a lot more discussion on wird and awrad. But I think it's this much. Just to summarize, the idea is that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, we need to try, try it to the utmost while at the same time trying to prevent any kind of encroachment from other from, uh, f from things that will harm making holes by committing sins rectifying our life sometimes our state is that sometimes the problem with our life is the fact that we are in a state where we're not in good company or at least in positive company. Some people cannot remain alone. Some people find that very difficult. There's different states that a person can be kept in, different 
A human is a very complex individual. What might be good for you is not good for somebody else. It has to be tweaked. It's a ajeeb thing and we have to ask Allah for tawfiq. Allah help us. Allah accept. Istuwa muraqaba. Allahumma anta salam anka salam tabaruti adal jalali wal ikram. Allahumma ya hayyu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nastaghith. اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم سبحان الله العلي الأعلى الوهاب اللهم اغفر لنا اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعافنا وهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اهدنا وهد بنا وجعلنا هداة لمن اهتدى أو الله أو الله ويا يسنفل إكسسف سيرفنس Oh Allah, we're in need of your mercy. Oh merciful one, we're in need of your mercy. Oh Allah, we're in need of your mercy. Oh Allah, we ask to fill our, fill our hearts with your mercy. Oh Allah, forgive us our sins that we've committed in the broadness of daylight. Oh Allah, in the darknesses of night. Oh Allah, those sins that we have committed that we've forgotten about. Those we no longer consider to be sins. Oh Allah, there are many things in our life, there are many attitudes and behaviors in our life that would be frowned upon, that would be wrong, that would be haram maybe in cases. But oh Allah, we've become so used to them. Oh Allah, they've become so part and parcel of our life that no longer do we even consider them uttering them to be wrong or practicing them to be wrong. Oh Allah, grant us insight. Oh Allah, don't make us of your wretched servants. Oh Allah, don't make us of your doomed servants. Oh Allah, don't make us of your deprived servants. Oh Allah, make us of your blessed ones. Oh Allah, make us of your close ones. Oh Allah, make us of those who you have selected and chosen for your special inayah and your special attention. Oh Allah, we ask for your attention. Oh Allah, on this Sunday morning we're sitting here. We could have been doing so many other things. Oh Allah, we are, you gave us the tawfiq to sit here. Oh Allah, we are extremely, extremely grateful to you for this. Oh Allah, we express our gratitude for allowing us to sit here. And even to remember you in this time and age. Oh Allah, in this time. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask that just you has granted us the tawfiq to sit here this morning. You make this an accepted majlis, an accepted gathering. Oh Allah, an accepted gathering of hearts. Oh Allah, and you connect us to you. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask that you accept us. Just as you accept us for sitting in a majlis, we ask that you accept us for closeness to you. Oh Allah, make it easy for us. Oh Allah, we've been fighting all our life. Oh Allah, we've been fighting every day of our weeks. Oh Allah, we've been fighting against the shaitan. We've been trying to fight against our nafs. Oh Allah, now we have become tired. Oh Allah, now we are worn out. Oh Allah, grant us strength. Oh Allah, pick us up and grant us strength. Oh Allah, grant us, pick us up and grant us strength. Oh Allah, grant us the ability to remember you each day and to have a regimen that we do continuously and regularly. Oh Allah, grant us strength. Oh Allah, grant us energy and keep our health. Oh Allah, grant us spiritual health. Oh Allah, grant us spiritual health. Oh Allah, oh Allah, allow us to do more good deeds than bad deeds. Oh Allah, remove our bad deeds. Oh Allah, we're committing so many sins that our good deeds don't seem to be affecting us. Oh Allah, even the bitter good deeds that we do, they don't seem to be affecting us. Oh Allah, remove the obstacles from your path in our life. Oh Allah, remove the things which are hindering us. Oh Allah, we ask you forgiveness for every sin that we've committed that prevents your mercy from coming to us. Oh Allah, from every sin that doesn't 
keep us away from the uh, that 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 keeps us in doing haram. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask that you protect, uh, forgive our sins that keep your mercy from coming to us, from your uh, attention turning to us. Oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask that you give us insight into these wrongs and allow us the strength and the iman and the fortification to avoid them. Oh Allah, bless us in our work and bless us in our lives. Oh Allah, bless us in our iman. Oh Allah, bless us in our iman. Oh Allah, we've come here. Oh Allah, accept us. Oh Allah, we are here. Accept us. Oh Allah, accept us. Oh Allah, accept us. Oh Allah, accept us for what you accept your awliya for. Oh Allah, we're asking for something very big. Oh Allah, despite our sinful states. Oh Allah, despite our weaknesses, we're asking you for something really big. But oh Allah, that's our job is to ask you and nobody else. Oh Allah, our job is to ask you and nobody else. Oh Allah, we can only ask you, but we can ask you, given us the ability to ask. Oh Allah, grant us our asking. Oh Allah, grant us our needs. Grant us our asking. Grant us more than we ask. Oh Allah, grant us those things you know are beneficial for us. Oh Allah, we want to be close to you. Oh Allah, we want to be close to you. Protect us wherever we are. Oh Allah, keep us aright wherever we are. Oh Allah, accept our deeds, remove our difficulties, remove our ingrained sins, ingrained problems, ingrained defects. Oh Allah, oh Allah, make us of your awliya. Make us of your awliya. Make us of your awliya. Oh Allah, grant us tawfiq. Grant us tawfiq. Grant us guidance. And make us the guided, guide, make us the guiders of the guided ones. Oh Allah, grant us pure families. Oh Allah, grant us pure progenies. Oh Allah, oh Allah, grant us barakah in our homes. Oh Allah, grant us barakah in our homes and blessing in our homes. Remove the conflicts and problems that people may be facing. Oh Allah, remove the problems and conflicts people may be facing. Oh Allah, fulfill our permissible needs. Oh Allah, fulfill our permissible needs. Oh Allah, grant us what we hope for in this world and especially for the hereafter. Oh Allah, grant us those deeds that are most powerful. Oh Allah, allow us to stay away from useless things, useless pursuits. Oh Allah, allow us to stay away from useless pursuits, mundane activities. Oh Allah, futility. Oh Allah, grant us the tawfiq to do good. Oh Allah, grant us the tawfiq to do good and grant us enjoyment in them so it's easy for us. Grant us the love of your obedience so that it's easier for us to do it and the hatred of your disobedience oh allah the hatred of your disobedience oh allah we're asking for something very big but oh allah it'll make it easy for us oh allah accept our deeds accept our gathering oh allah accept our gathering and grant us grant us togetherness in jannatul firdaus with your messenger muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam oh allah bless all our mashaykh of the past bless all the great people who have served your deen of the past and who are serving their deen now oh allah make us of those who will serve your deen and make from our generations from our progeny who will serve your deen and oh allah make them the make them the gladness of our eyes much of our progeny that we will not see in this world oh allah on the day of judgment make them a source of gladness of our eyes a source of sadaqa jariya for us a source of our entry into your close people into the groups of your close ones into your awliya siddiqeen shuhada and salihin oh allah oh allah accept our duas and do not deprive us subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen